Talking About You with Estra, Season 8, Episode 67. We're here Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So thank you for joining me, because I know I appreciate your time, and I always look forward to sharing information, ideas, and comments with you. It does, and it can, and it will make us all better people. Today, we're going to actually be talking about uh, traffic laws written to protect you, or is it the auto insurance company? This is what this week we're going to spend time talking about, so make sure that you tune in, make your comments known by putting them, if you're listening on Block Talk Radio, at the bottom of the screen. Otherwise, you can use hashtag Estra's Radio Show. But before I get started today, I want to talk about Minutes with a Purpose. And I want you to go ahead and write it down today because I need you to just process that a little bit more. Just one simple thing. And I kind of tied it into, guess what, I want to say to you today. I want to say, Happy Valentine's Day. Spread love by doing the things that you care about. It's a lasting Valentine. So tell me, what is your lasting Valentine? Just take a minute, a simple sentence, doesn't have to be extravagant, just fill in your heart, say what it means to you. What does it mean to you? What is it? How do you want to accomplish it? Maybe you don't know. There's a lot of information on how you can do it, but I can tell you one thing. In one minute, you can start something that'll last a lifetime, and it'll help you and all the people that you touch even if you don't even recognize that you are. Because that's what love's about. When we love something, we're passionate about it. We want to share it with others. We want to talk about it. We want to do something to make a change. And on a day like this, which is actually the anniversary, 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 (laughs) so I'm I'm a little off today, but that's never going to stop me from going ahead and saying what I have to say. Today in Parkland, it's their anniversary, the first year after the shootings, which is kind of uh, very difficult to process. I mean, it's a lot of pain for our country, for the family, for the community. But let's give kudos out to those, the students because they have been in it and they've stayed in it for the whole year. And that takes a passion, a love, right? That's a valentine right there. What kind of valentines are you willing to give? They've given a year, and many of them have said they're going to give a lot of their life to this this issue that they want to pursue. What do you want to pursue? Write it down in one minute. Make that today your minute with a purpose. Right? Does it matter if you're injured? No. If it does it matter whether you're sick? No. Does it matter whether you're healthy? No. Whatever healthy means, right? What it means is that you just need to know what your passion is and take action. Just one simple word, one simple sentence, whatever it takes, action, right? For example, for me, insured civil rights legislation is important. And why is it important? Because I know that millions of people out there are waiting to be able to be protected buy insurance. That's why people pay it in many different forms. You've got life insurance, you've got disability insurance, 
We have ERISA insurance. I mean, the list is becoming endless. You've got auto insurance, right? That's what we talk about a lot. So there's a lot of insurances out there, and some, some insurance companies do the right things, and they pay out, and some of them do play hardball, but they are fair. Some of them play hardball, and they're not. But the key is to know what you're dealing with and to develop as much information about the situation that you can. Right? You have to always be what? Your best advocate. And why is that? Because, you know, you never know where somebody's necessarily coming from until the end of your claim, right? And that's not a good time to find out if you've been dealing with friend to foe. You want to know in advance. You want those little clues that are coming out at you to say, hmm, something's right about this. Uh, hmm, something's wrong about it. You want to be able to decipher what kind of situation you're in, how you got there, what their purpose is. You know, some people just like to negotiate, and maybe they're not as good as they should be in, in negotiating your claim. Or maybe they're very good. The key is you need to be able to discern what is happening in your life. And if you're in a collision, that also means what's going on in your claim. All right, so let's see here. Uh, we c we're going to continue to talk about uh, traffic laws and auto insurance. And we've been using the RCW codes from Washington State. Now, some of you, the laws may be a little different depending on your state. But if you go out to a search engine and you enter traffic laws for whatever state, Oregon, right? For your ever state, Texas, right? Whatever state, Montana, right? It doesn't matter. Kansas. It'll come up and it'll tell you where your laws are. So you'll just scroll all the way down to an area that you're interested in. And just, you don't have to learn everything in one day. Sometimes it takes uh, several years to really get a good handle on a lot of things. But you just want to kind of get a flavor for what they are, what it means, uh, what your expectations are. I mean, before they give you the keys to your car, you have to go in and you have to take a driver's exam in most cases. And most of those are teaching you what? About following the laws. But they don't necessarily tell you what the laws are if you're involved in a collision, and I think that's important to know. Does that mean you can't go to a lawyer? Of course you can. Should that lawyer know the laws? Yes, they should. Do they? I don't know. But by the end of the claim, I tell you what, you'll figure out what they know and what they don't and who they're for and who they're not for. Okay. But most people, and the reason why I spend so much time, most people who are poor people, they don't have a, they, we don't have a lot of resources. Right? So if you don't have a lot of resources, uh, then you need to be able to count on something else, like your mind. Right? You need to be able to say, okay, well, I don't know that much, but let's see what information is available to me. And guess what? In today's society, information is a very powerful tool. And why is that? Because you can't be bullcorned. That's a you know, that other word, but you can't be fooled or played with as much if you have some ideas of the laws. Somebody tells you something and you know that it's not the law, you can, you can confront them or you can deal with it or you can just keep it to yourself, but just know where they stand. It tells you a lot and that's why you always have to be what? Yes, your best advocate. And by the way, if you are looking for a minute with a purpose and you don't have one, and you are kind of a little interested in 
actually insured civil rights legislation, which I am very interested in. I'd love for you to join me. I would love for you to go out to estrascorrecthelp.com, subscribe, put a note in there and say, Estra, I'm with you. I see this. This has happened to me. I understand why you've been talking about this for years. The stories I can tell you. And guess what? Come on on the show and tell everyone about what's happening, what you've been through, right? How it happened, what you learned. That's the important thing. What did you learn from that experience? Because you sharing what you've learned will give it to somebody else as a gift. And so when they see something coming upon them, such as what you experienced, they can say, hey, back off. I'm not going this way. This is what I want. It's really pretty uh, important to do that. So go ahead and go out. Take a look under the traffic laws for your state. Okay. And that way you'll be able to know a little bit more about that. Another thing, I just want to slip this, you know, I always have to have a question or two. I want to add to something. I wanted you to think about yesterday when we were talking about, uh, and we'll get back to that in just a minute. We were talking about, what is it, number 48? I'm sure it is. Where is it here? Yes, it's number 40. It's RCW, and it's RCW, yeah, 48. Point three zero zero one zero and point zero one five. If you're looking at RCW codes in Washington State, and it talked about unreasonable denial of claims for coverage or payment of benefits, which to me was quite surprising, since I'd been out there many times and I hadn't seen this, and I was very overwhelmed with joy to see that it even exists. And the question that we were talking about yesterday was, if that's the case, it's out there showing where when. When insured, you, the policyholder, gets mistreated or treated unfairly, we have rights. Right? But like I said, why would an attorney take on such a claim? It's not very profitable for them, and it's a long-lasting one. The thing I would challenge uh, attorneys to do, or a group of attorneys actually, is to actually be interested in filing a lawsuit for many people who've been experiencing this. You guys know this has been out here for generations, but you guys haven't challenged it. Yes, insurance companies have more money than most of us. Probably a lot of us put together. In fact, they have our money. In fact, let's see here. I was going to pull this out later, but I, I guess I could repeat it twice. So first of all, let me a- answer the question. What do financial institutions have to do with insurance companies? Yep, you've guessed it. M-O-N-E-Y. Money. Okay, so when they ask and they're thinking, okay, how much money am I getting? What am I doing with all this money? Think about this. Okay, in 2012, auto insurance, the average person paid about $815 a year, which was about $67 a month, which was probably something that most poor people could manage. It didn't, you know, just dig into their food budget or their their gas budget or any other budgets, or lack of budgets for that matter, or little budgets, right? And that ended up to be, you know, because you're paying them from about 20 years, so 20 years is about, I don't know, $16,300, right? Yet, that was 212 Now, check this out. Six years later, in 2018, how much you pay in a month? 125 on the average. You know, that's... that's uh, Something you could do a lot with with your family, right? But then if you look at it for a year, that's $1,500 a year, $15,003, right? A year. But if you look at it from a 20-year perspective, that's $30,060, right? Now, I don't know about you, but $30,000 
out of a lifetime is a lot of money for a poor person, right? I don't think we as poor people sit back and actually take a look at how we have so little money, but where the money goes. It goes right on back to the people who gave it to us. You go to work, right, for Wall Street, some way they're tied in, in most cases somehow, then you have to buy the food, right? Then you have to pay the rent if you live indoors. In fact, believe it or not, in Seattle, they're talking about how many people, I think it was over 50,000 people, one in five had been evicted. Some, uh, don't quote me on that number because I may not have it actually right. It was on the news. I think it was uh, Como News this morning. Uh, they were talking about, in fact, you could go out to their site and take a look at that and also go out to Tacoma.news to actually see, I guess they have the full article about that, which I didn't get a chance to do, to look at how many people have been evicted and how many people are living outside. Because of something, and to me that bothers me because it's what somebody's greed that's that's actually doing that. So basically, from 2012 to what, 2018, we've gone from 16,300 to 30,000. It's doubled. It's doubled at a time where um, they're just making money hand over foot. You wonder why the bottom line numbers are very good and their investors are quite pleased with the way in which they're doing business because they're doing it off of you. And then they don't even have the respect in some cases to pay out if you're even involved. Right? And so there's a whole lot of issues to me on that one. So why why are they really costing all that money? Right? And if there's an unfair practice uh, in general and frauds, oh, yeah, that gets me when they add the fraud. That fraud is just an intimidation tactic to hurt the poor, from my perspective. And if I was Washington State, I would separate out unfair practices in general and frauds because they don't go together. And most of the people, it's not poor people who are generating the fraud, who even have the energy to do anything. Most poor people are just trying to make it and survive, and they have no interest in doing the wrong things. That's why they pay insurance companies, so they can do the right things. Okay, Some of them, well, it's the law, too, right? So most people are doing what, what it is for the law, so that makes sense. But why are there so few individual court cases for unreasonable denial of claims of coverage, right? It's, well, we can see there's a big difference here from 2012, 16300 a year, to 2018, the, the actual average cost of insurance is 30060 a year. You know what? That's so bizarre. You know what? I'm sorry. Those were 20-year numbers. I was going to say most people don't even make that much, so how could they pay it? So I apologize. It's 125 a month where it went from 67 a month. So you can see it's almost three times the amount in six years. And, and there's no reason for that. Why hasn't the insurance commissioner said something on that? It, w- it would make a difference, right? So, I mean, what does that really mean? My question would be, take, for example, all of the fires in California. Do we know how many of those claims have been paid so far? Right? There's a, I suspect... If you're one of the people in California, you, ha- you were in the fires last year, you had an insurance claim, has your claim been paid? Are you still fighting for it? Did you get a fair price? Was it in a timely manner? Yes. These are all the questions we need to know. Because it's not when you're paying up front that's so interesting. It's at the end of your claim. What happens at the end of your claim? Right? And I'm talking about claims that are filed with integrity. 
Unfortunately, there is a small section that isn't. And that's really unfortunate from my perspective because that makes the insurance companies, their actions seem like they're correct when it's probably that same old 2080 rule, right, where 80% of the people are doing their best and trying to keep costs down, whereas 20% are having an issue. Okay, So, yes, the same thing also can be applied for the flooding we had last year in on the East Coast, right? You had all these people's homes flooded. It was just a disaster. I don't know what's going to happen when all this... Um, we have so much right now in Seattle snow. It's just amazing. So hopefully the snow will slowly uh, melt. But I believe I heard uh, some, we don't know about any mudslides or anything yet. So hopefully that will stay down. So you've got the flooding. You've got the fires. You have people involved in car collisions, right? How are they treated by the end? Are, they, are insurance companies doing the right things? Or are they not? Okay. So, and if they're not, why isn't, like, Senator Pattern Note Murray or Governor Inslee or Bob Ferguson with the AG or the insurance commissioner, why aren't they doing anything about it? Why are they so quiet? You know, I, I still personally can't get over the fact that there's three buildings in, in the legislature, legislature in Olympia, right? The legislature's building, the Social Security building, and the insurance building. I say... Where, where is the policyholders building? Somebody needs to be in there looking out for the best interest of us. But until they do, we will actually still work on insured civil rights legislation because I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do to set things right. So, and the question is, I say then, well, what, how are they evaluated to, to create these prices? And why is the insurance commissioner going along with it? And I looked, and I want to first of all say thank you to Simple Dollar and EasyPlan.com because some of the information, I, uh, stats I got were from their website. So thank you. Um, but it, one of the things it talks about is premium calculations, right? It says the value, the initial value of the car, the age of the car, and your credit score. You know, the issue I have with the credit score is the fact, what does that have to do with your car? Right? Does that say anything? Most insurance companies have a history. They know that you pay them. Uh, you've usually probably been with them a long time. And why is that? Because it's a, most of the time a hassle to change, but sometimes it's worth it. But also make sure you're not going from the fire into the firing pan or the firing pan into the fi uh, fire. And the reason why I say that is because I've known people who have changed their insurance companies and it's gone from better to worse instead of worse to better, okay? So just because you see a commercial doesn't say anything about the behavior of that insurance company. You might want to go out and take a look and see how they've been treating their insured, right? And also, a lot of these insurance companies have a lot of power. A lot of the stuff you're looking for won't be on that first page. If you're one person who only goes to the first, second, or third page, you're going to miss out on a search engine, <laughs> Start at least by the 10th page where they're not all that interested in and go 10, 11, 12, 13. Go out there and take a look or at least kind of skim through the pages so that you're getting a full representation for what you're looking for because that's not always exactly how things happen. So to me, that's one of the things that you really just need to look for. 
So, okay. So let me talk a little bit for a moment about the RCW 4030.10 uh, and also the 15, right? I'm really glad to see there's something out there today about a about being able to help people, the policyholders. It's so rare today that we actually see information that says if you're a policyholder, you have rights. Right? That doesn't mean we can always take advantage of those rights, and that's because of the cost to take care of them. But if we, as a group, begin to stand for unfair practices, practices that prevent us from getting the things we need, to me, this is just like, uh, why, this is a little, just a little tidbit elsewhere. It's just like prescription drugs. Why would our federal government, of all the things, won't allow us to actually negotiate for those prices? Can you afford $1,000 for a lot of the drugs, $2,000? Most people can't. How many people, you know, the Affordable Care Act is something that came through to really help people who had so little. And now they're, they're trying to mess with that too. Something is wrong with our government. And I hope that the new generation of government that we're starting to see will become savvy enough to be able to stop some of the previous things that has been happening in the last 10 years as far as not supporting the people that need the help the most and the ones who are working the hardest. Are you working hard? I bet you are. You're, most people are working hard no matter what their state is, whether they're, uh, they have resources or they don't. Most people try to put in each and every day the most that they can. And I'm sure that that's you. I'm sure that it is. Maybe you don't feel that way because you're recently disabled and you're discouraged by what happened. Don't be discouraged. Yeah, bad things happen to people every single day. And someday that's going to be you. So you're going to have to choose to either just decide that, yeah, this bad thing happened to me and I'm devastated by it, but I'm going to move on. I'm going to go forward. I'm not saying ignore the actual emotional issues that you have to address because after collision, you have to do that. So make sure that you're first taking care of yourself and figuring out how you can move forward. Process what's happened to you. You have to. You got to process it. You're not going to process it like anyone else does because it's you. But you have to find a way to process that information. Decide how you want to move forward. Listen to other people's perspective on it. They can tell you different things. There's nothing wrong with a little wisdom coming from many different places. We all have a lot to learn. It doesn't matter our age or how little or how much we know. There's always something more out there to learn, especially if you're dealing with a car collision. So make sure that you say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and learn as much as I can. I'm going to grow from this, and then I'm going to make my decisions. And also, one last thing I want to say before I go today. Never, I repeat that, never be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Right? Does that mean that the chips may fall and let the chips fall where they may, and the chips may fall with you, or the chips may not? But you have done everything you can to move things in a progress in a way that progress moves us moves us forward. Sometimes people have tried doing different things in their lives, and guess what? Uh, it didn't actually work. But they planted the seed in someone else's mind, and what happened? 
that seed took hold in their mind, and then they grew. And then another thing happened where somebody else took that seed on, right? There's, there's been so many things that have happened. But women keep, for example, Hillary Clinton running for president, right? She oh, Actually, she really made the numbers, and as we'll find out, there's a lot of things involved in that situation had, that, in my opinion, hasn't come out yet. But there were many, many women that were before her who were running for president. Shirley Chisholm, right? She ran for president, right? Sometimes you've got to put that seed in the ground. And even in car accidents, that's why I still am for insured civil rights legislation. That seed must grow. We've got to change the way in which we do auto insurance. Or not just auto insurance, I think long-term disability insurance, disability insurance. There's a lot of things that aren't working for us. Why is that? Ordinary people are what this country has been founded on. So making it so that it works just for the few rich isn't going to work. But if you sit at home and you choose not to wake up and you go back to sleep, you'll wake up and your children won't have anything. What do you want to do for your children? Think about that one minute with a purpose. It's waiting for you to answer the call. So on Valentine's Day, take that minute, right, and go ahead and make that choice. I want to say again, happy Valentine's Day to you. And if I'm the first, I'm, I'm very honored to let you know just how valuable you are and how you make a difference in our world just by being here. So never give up, never get in, give in, and keep moving forward. And I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Let's go ahead and learn a little bit more, and we'll go ahead and continue talking about traffic laws and you and insurance companies.